0: Tim Ring, Dan Bickley, our great pleasure to talk sons basketball with one of our favorites, former Westinghouse great, U of I great, Eddie Johnson joining us. Eddie, what's happening? The pride so of Westinghouse.
1: Back to high school. The
0: pride of Westinghouse. Well, Tim and I were just talking that you, It's it, people don't know this, you and Mark Aguire were high school teammates at one point in time.
1: Yeah. Do you guys yeah, ever lose? Yeah, he transferred to Westinghouse when when I was uh, a senior. So we played one year. Uh, he played at Austin High School, and we had beat them in the playoffs. I think he scored like forty five on us, but we still beat them because we had a very good team. And he decided to transfer, and he transferred to Westinghouse, and he had to sit out like eight games. And then we, you know, we got together. Uh, I averaged like twenty nine. He averaged twenty eight. Uh, we won. We went undefeated at twenty nine and zero, and then we lost the championship game. Wow! Oh man! And so that we can, we can never live that down. But uh yeah, <laughs> Mark was a was a tremendous teammate, man. We had we had like ten guys on that team, man, that all went Division One. Wow, that you know, was, uh, uh, very talented team.
0: You know, uh, Bickley went to Fremd in Palatine. Well, I grew up. I grew up in the South Side, so I grew up watching Thornridge basketball. Okay, Quinn Buckner, Boyd nice. Bats, all those oh, guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, I went to St.
2: Viator in Arlington Heights, and Westinghouse. The guys always ducked us. I mean, no. you guys didn't want to. You didn't <laughs> oh want my. any part of us in the. You didn't want any part of us in the Northwest <laughs> suburbs. Yeah. Well, we offered we, we
1: offered you all to just come to our gym to play a scrimmage game to save the embarrassment. Of yeah.
0: the <laughs>
2: exactly. Hey, let me tell you something real quick. I played a summer league game against Nick Anderson. And Anderson showed up in topsiders and jeans <laughs> it scored like 45 oh, I bet he did he It, it did. scored 45 yeah. points
0: balled out on you yeah. he yeah. scored
2: 45 points in topsiders and jeans and no socks <laughs> and I said okay this, this is a different this mm-hmm. is a different level of basketball yeah you call all probably basketball a <laughs> little different
0: alright Eddie let's get into the Phoenix Suns uh, you on many many oh, occasions we
1: gotta talk about that yes we are <laughs> on
0: many occasions you have kind of issued the relax message to Suns fans where are you at with the state of this basketball team Kind of holding down the fort till book gets back.
1: Well, you know, people they they don't really understand my hashtag when I say we good, right? Uh, or we still good? And look, every team goes through an injury. Every team. Uh, the Suns, for, fortunately, over the last few years before now, they've been able to escape that. But if you look at the roster, man, it's beat up, and a lot of that is because of the hard work and the traveled road that they've gone on the last few years, and it tends to catch up with you. Uh, and we see it with, with a lot of teams. Golden State most recently, right? And all their trips to the finals and all of that, look at them now. They're a match unit as well. So there's nothing that surprises you with that. I think the key is is to try to hold for it, right? Big win in Memphis, uh, a game that probably no one thought they could get. Uh, but then the disappointment in Washington. Uh, The schedule dealt them a blow, right? Got in at 4 a.m. after the Memphis game. Uh, You know, so that that dealt a blow. But what they have to do is just try to win their share. It might leave them maybe in the play-in right now. It might leave them out of the play-in if they don't get it together. But when Devin gets back, Cam Johnson gets healthy, we don't know what's going to happen in regards to a possible trade with the Jay Crowder situation, that might leave them with about 35, 38 games left. Plenty of time to turn it around. So I'm not panicking at all. It's unfortunate to be in the situation that they're in, but it's a long season. And guys, you see teams right now playing around, like the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers, they still won't play their players all the time. Uh, You got these teams low managing You look at the Western Conference, what separates from the top to the bottom is only a few games. So when you look at that, you say, how do we navigate the season when it's dealing with injuries? I'm not for load management. If you're healthy, you play. But now that you're injured, the Suns have to find a way to navigate it. And it's not going to be easy, but I'm not going to say, you know, oh, we're done, oh, we're in serious trouble. Because I still
2: see light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, Eddie, I I, I agree with you. In fact, I've been talking about it the last couple of days. I, I look back, you mentioned the Warriors last year. All right, I got the numbers. From February 9th to March 30th, over six weeks. A six-week stretch, even a couple days longer. They won only seven of 23 games as they had guys hurt. April rolled around. That calendar hit April. They got guys back on the court. They, They floored it. They won their last five regular season games. And the rest was history once the the playoffs began. So I mean, that's that's just one yeah, so example of a there's team. There's a path, yeah. There there, there is a path. It, they If the Suns can stay right around that 500 mark until book gets back and you get Cam back, you get the other Cam back, and you, you presumably make a deal to refortify the roster. There's 22 games after the All Star break, Eddie. I know you mentioned 30, 35, maybe, but if it's after the All Star break when this team is truly together. Is twenty two game is twenty two games enough? I think it is. Uh, what do you What do you think? No, so,
1: without a doubt, without a doubt, it is. Uh, but what they're going to have to do is win their share of games without those guys, right? And so, you know, you got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And, and if they can do that, uh, you know, they went into Memphis and beat Memphis. Okay, so we know that they're capable of doing it if they're connected. Yep. But this is a challenge, man. This is this is fun. Like, you know, I, I was in situations like this as a player where next man up mentality, you see what Golden State's doing right now. I mean, they're starting to win games, and they don't have Curry. They rested Clay the other night. They still won. They don't have Wiggins. So, I mean, if you win your share, then you'll keep yourself in, in a good situation. And that's all we can hope for right now. It's unfortunate, man, that... Injuries are happening, but we'd rather those injuries happen now than later. And yeah. so that's the way I look at it. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just the sun's time to go through it, man. And every team has had to go through it over the last few years.
0: Well, this team has uh, struggled. There's There have been... Times when I've looked at the roster and I, I've not been comfortable with their lack of a of, of a true four, the lack of physicality, their rebounding issues, uh, not having a number two scorer. When they're connected, all those things seem to really get mitigated and go away. If if you could add uh, any kind of piece via trade, not necessarily a name, what attributes? What do you think this team needs to maybe backfill if they can pull it off?
1: No, you hit it on the head. I think the physicality part, uh, you know, for people to get this wrong, I think the group the Suns have, they are physical. Like You see what they did to Memphis the other night, a very physical team. So they could get physical. The problem is, in a lot of situations, they're undersized. And yeah. So for like, you know, when teams pack it into the paint and they're, they're, they're boxing out for rebounds, they're not moving many people. They have to go get rebounds with their athleticism instead of their bulk. And I think that's what they need. They need somebody that brings that bulk, that his whole purpose is to control that glass and to help DeAndre. I know people get on DeAndre a lot, you know, and say, man, he get this rebound, get that rebound. But what they don't get either is he's helping out a lot because he has to go help. Somebody's well, somebody's in a compromising position in the post. So if he's the only one out there and he leaves, now he's got to get back to his man and try to fight for a rebound. Now his man has gotten very good position to get the rebound. So it's a lot that goes into that. But ultimately, yes, I think they need, you know, during the buyout period, uh, during the trade deadline, I think not only somebody that can put the ball on the floor and go get their own shot, but also somebody that really – go get that glass, because I think those are the areas right now, to me, that needs to be shored up.
2: EJ, I want to get your perspective on Mikel Bridges. Obviously, the 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 need or the expectations for Mikel to be a more proficient scorer are heightened, when Cam Johnson and Devin Booker aren't out there on the court and there are nights where Mikel delivers in that department and there are nights when he does not and sometimes the, the, the fans or or, or or people that cover the team it's like you want to demand more out of Bridges uh, as a scorer but at some point is that being fair to Mikel and I guess where I'm going with this at some point you have to realize this is who Mikel Bridges is you know he's not the guy that can go out there and get 27 points a night every night there going to be nights when he does, and there are going to be nights when the scoring numbers aren't what you expect, because that's just who he is as a player. What's your perspective on Mikel?
1: Look, he's made so much progress, positive progress, in regards to just being overall a basketball player. Uh, And you know he's going to be there every night. Uh, and fatigue plays a part in it with him as well. You don't know how fatigue he could be from game to game because he plays every game, unlike most players in this league. They won't do that. They'll take their time. Uh, the key for McHale, I think, is to continue to grow as an offensive player and learn how to continue to grow with progressive offense. And what I mean by this, and I'll use Devin as an example, if you cut off Devin's A move, he's got a B move. You cut the B move off, he's got a C move. He could probably get all the way to the letter E. <laughs> L, is, L is probably A, B. So he's got to continue to progress in regards to adjusting his game when defenses try to take certain things away from him. And it's not that easy to but he has to continue to grow with it and keep his confidence. It is not easy putting that orange ball in the basket. That's why I laugh at people when they say, well, you know, this defense and this rebound is the hardest thing to do. In the NBA is put that orange ball in the basket. <laughs> yes. You see guys having a hard time putting it in the basket on the free throw line lately. Yeah. So I think sometimes we lose sight of that, but his progress as a score has been really good. But he has to continue to get better. And you're right, too, on this. Not there. Paul's not Chris Paul as he once was, and rightly so, 37 years old. So he has to be one of them guys that step up and and go for it. And don't worry about missing shots. You can come sit with me for a bit. I'll tell (laughs) him. as good as your last shot. That's right.
0: Hashtag I'm still good. I'm still
1: shooting that sucker. Yeah.
0: Thank you, EJ. We gotta roll. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great weekend, my man. Thanks, brother.